Good evening, ladies and gents. That's right, Mr. Grassroots is back. Um, sorry I've left you guys in a bit of a lurch. Uh, it's been a really tough time for non-league and grassroots football. Uh, a lot of people didn't want to talk a couple of weeks ago, and I can understand completely why. Um, there's been a lot gone on. There's been a lot of rumours. There's been a lot of uh, comments about this, that, the other. Um, Basically, what we've got for you tonight is I'm going to be doing a few shows a bit like this, talking to people like the, these two wonderful people that are here with me tonight. Uh, just having a quick conversation about grassroots football and how COVID is affecting it, how the guys have got on this season so far. So it's not just all doom and gloom. We will be talking about some, a good bit of information about their clubs and how it's helping the community and helping, helping them as well. Um, some of the main things we need to plug right now, we do this at the start of every show. Uh, everybody knows we're a massive, massive syndicate to, towards mental health. Uh, Unlock Your You is a mental health charity. It's based up in Leicestershire, but they are a UK round mental health charity. If anybody is struggling, having a tough time, or just needs somebody to talk to, give them a call. Go and give them a follow on Facebook. They do a lot of stuff around the community, and they're helping a lot of people in this tough time. So, on to the chat. So, tonight, I have the, the pleasure of having one of the wonderful ladies. I don't know if you've seen it here a few months ago. I had Sharon Reeson on for Aspie Ladies, Aspie Ladies and Girls. Uh, today I have Roz, who is part of the development team up at Aspie. She was originally a part of Aspie when it first start, started coming through the ranks, uh, just over 10 years ago when she was a first team player. She's just come back now to go and help out with and play in the development team and help help right along the side there. Hello, Roz. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, not bad. Uh, by the way, guys, Roz got thrown in this last minute. She got told she was going on the radio. Uh, she she's took it like a champ. She's here talking to us tonight, uh, which is brilliant to see. Roz, so you've been a part of Aspie for quite for well, if you go back ten years, a long time. Yeah. Um, so tell me how important Aspie has been a, to you as part of your life. Oh, I I played as a kid, but it was the only place where you could go that was all women. Because football being mainly for lads, especially when I was younger, um, Asphaby was one of the only places that done ladies football. And you went down and they've got a very big... Their idea is keep bringing everybody through. So the junior ones come through into the adult teams and then they become coaches for the younger ones. And you just progress all the way through it. So you're with the same people all the time. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's, that's good ethic to have. I know the uh, gentleman sat next to you has the uh, same theory and uh, belief on that as well. Uh, I am joined by Mr. Dave Bartlem. Uh, what a legend he is. Uh, just to let you all guys know, if you didn't know already, Dave did get Volunteer of the Year. So just, just we've got to show him a bit of respect for that. I don't think I uh, ever uh, mentioned that, did I? I don't think he's ever mentioned that, no. to be honest. Uh, Dave himself uh, has been a part of Cordish football and grassroots for a very long time. Starting with the Trelawney League, a combo league, with the Flexi League, and now obviously he's helping with the uh, Dropship Saturday team as well. And he's also been helping hand towards me as well because I help run the Dropship Sunday League team. Um, Dave, with football in general in Cornwall, you've been a big part of it. How important is grassroots been to make them one, your job easier, but two, so you would just enjoy it? Because that's the main part, isn't it? Enjoying it. Yeah, mate, I think that in any capacity where you go out, whether it's a referee, spectator, footballer, you don't go out to, you know, just to waste time. You go out to enjoy it, don't you? And I think that over the past year, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the whole COVID situation, but a lot of it was always good for your uh, good for your health and that as well. 
think that's the main reason. Keep fit and keep happy and obviously the socialising side of it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I just had a comment, somebody saying, at least at least she's smiling, eh, Dave? Uh, <laughs> uh, we've also got somebody saying, ladies football is the future. I want my little girl to grow up playing football. And I think Lodge hit, hit, hit something right on the head there. Aspie was around when there wasn't much of a ladies football really going on. There wasn't a, a background of it. It wasn't so, excuse I'm not being rude here. It wasn't as big. Um, and Aspie Amateurs give ladies a chance to play football. Um, and I'm sure Loz loves that comment. In fact, ladies football is the future. Because to be completely honest with you, it's I've been watching a lot of ladies football this season. I've, I've enjoyed it a little bit more than watching the Premier League, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> oh, Loz has gone black. Um, Jack is back. Thank you, Andy. Yes, mate, I am back. Mr. Football on the weekends doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. Uh, last five years, 25 men's, 25% of men's grassroots teams in Leicestershire have folded. 100% more junior teams need to join with their local senior sides and provide a pathway right through. Scott Green, mate, that's completely... I, I, I agree with that. I'm just answering these questions. I've got Ros and Dave here. Would you, would you two agree with that? Would you say a lot of, you've seen a lot of teams folding and it's due to the transition from youth to senior is not really there anymore, really? Give me a sec, mate, and I'll find you. Uh, like I said, I like spreadsheets. I'll let Roz answer it, and then I'll give you my take on it. Well, obviously, I mean, down at Asperby, they have so many different teams. You you know, they, they're they not folding, luckily. It's big enough that they are managing to sustain themselves, but without being able to do a lot of the normal fundraising that they would, if they didn't have such a good base there, then I don't think they would have been able to continue. Yeah, I think Ashby have been quite lucky in that. Uh, we were having a chat before the show. Um, and basically, the club that Ross, Ross, is, at, Ross is at for um, the women's side is basically what Dave's, Dave's doing at the moment down in Cornwall with the dropship and the flexi leagues. Um, it's given somewhere for people to play. It's given everybody an opportunity. It's not clubs where you go, right, you're not good enough. You're not playing. It's more come and play, come and get better. We, we want people to be playing football and enjoying it. And I think Roz has got it right bang on there. I should, be, I should be quite lucky with that. But a lot of clubs aren't as lucky as that. Um, and I, I think you're right there, Scott. Dave, I'm sure you've got some stats or something for me there. <laughs> so just Cornwall alone, obviously. I know that it's a huge problem up, up the line as well. Um, so the best year in Cornwall so far, just at Trawney League level. So Trawney League is basically the west of Cornwall. The highest number of people that we had registered in the league was uh, 3,121. Uh, and that was in 2014-15. You take that back now to there was just 2,100 uh, last year alone. So, you know, that's hardly any. But then when you look at how he's playing, not even half of those actually played a game. You know, so I think that quite, yeah, quite, a lot, quite a lot of the time, the numbers that, the leagues get the FA get that they'll go on their systems, the whole game system, and have a look how many people they've actually got registered, and they'll be like, "Great, we've got three hundred fifty thousand people uh, playing in Cornwall this weekend or in the Midlands this weekend." But actually, they know they're not. You know, the the reality of it is actually half of these teams, as you're probably well aware from Sundays, will sign on players or register players, but they might not actually feature for the club. You know, and yeah, and think whoever, I have it every Sunday morning, to be honest. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Scott is absolutely right there. You know, I think that 25% is actually quite, quite low. Yeah. You know, it, it's more than that. I mean, I mean, you can even see, let me have a look, see if I've got the teams here. Um, 
here we go, hang on. Uh, number of teams. Yeah, so you go, number of teams per division in 2012 was 16. If you look at the Toronto League now, you're looking at about 11. I noticed that, to be honest, this season. That a lot of teams, they seem to do a reshuffle of the leagues. I don't know if it happens up, up with the amateurs. Rise. Obviously, I know Sharon gets heads up of anything that's changing in the setup and stuff. Uh, but I've noticed up and down the country, not just in Cornwall, up and down the country, I've seen it from a, a league in Essex called the Border, Border League. Uh, I know a guy called Spencer. He helps run the social media and the, and the stats sides of that. And he said that the FA are making reshuffle to make the leagues more expansive so they have more chance to make more more competition. But I think if you have too many leagues, too little teams in one league, you then pay 22 league, well, 20 league games and then you've got to fill it with a county cup, a charity cup, a league cup, uh, a different league cup and probably some other games as well. Is that really ruining grassroots football because they're, they're trying to spread the team so far that really you're not getting a full season, really. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I think for people when they say that there's too many cups, it's not ruining football. People want to play football. But sometimes, I mean, look at the Sunday league we play for, mate. There's about six cups. If you go into the main yeah. cup and you lose, you go into a supplementary cup. And if you lose that one, you're into another cup. You know, yeah. To try and give you, you know, give you something to win. But I think that it's not there's too many cups. But the problem we've got at the moment, mate, especially when I get, I can only talk about, I mean, the Flex League is a completely different entity. Yeah. So when, I, when I'm talking at the moment, I'm talking about the Trelawney League, the one that I've had the involvement with. Um, they had, you know, they had, when they first started, they had eight divisions. Now they've got four. Yeah. You know, so, sorry, five. They've got five now, but there's a lot less teams. And the problem isn't there's too many cups. There's not enough days to play. Because if you think about how things are going at the moment, the weather, let's, let's go back to last year. The weather pretty much almost ruined the season. The 2018-19 season, because of the weather, they had to cancel the Cups. And there was yeah. outrage. You know, so it's not so much that there's too many Cups. It's the fact that where the weather's changing, where pitch facility, um, of, sorry, availability is changing. You know, more people having to rely on 3Gs. There aren't enough 3Gs. The yeah. weather is, there's not enough funding out there for, you know, for the, the small clubs to go and get the £100,000 drainage they can actually play on the, on the Saturdays during December to February. Yeah. It's not, there's too many, there's not, there's too many cuts, mate. It says there's not enough weekends anymore. And no one wants to be it's playing not, two, three times a week. This, this is, this, this is one of them subjects I could happily sit all night and talk mm. about. Really could, because I mm. think a lot of people have different opinions. I kind of, the whole point of me doing these shows is to be unbiased. It's not, it's not me to pick a side or anything. It's just to, to find that information and to speak to people like, like yourself and, and Roz and just kind of, get an insight into what you think about it. Um, we've got loads of comments coming in. It's I've never had that many comments on a live, so it must be for you two. Which, to be honest, it, it's, it's saying a lot about your pals because uh, I don't normally have this many people watching me lives. Um, <laughs> let's see, we're in top of the league, six wins on the bounce. Uh, that's great. Uh, the Lioness is a class. I 100% agree with that. I think the way they play in every tournament, they give they all. I think they show more passion for wearing the England shirt than... The men's side of football does, but that's just my opinion. Don't don't think that that's that's the opinion of everybody. Um, this is the main question. This is something I was talking to you two before. Um, with everything that's going on and the rumour mill, because the rumour mill's already started, uh, I know the FA have been sending out emails to local FAs to say, it's up to you guys, take a vote on it. What what do your clubs want to do? What's, what's a safe way of doing things? 
can you see your leagues that you're playing in now um, or the leagues that your clubs are playing in being void for the conditions that we're in? Is it is it something that has been spoke about, Ros, by, by any of the ladies or...? Yeah, because, I mean, there's there's no continuity with it. This is the biggest issue that no one really knows where they stand because when we were sort of out of lockdown but sort of in it, they were saying we couldn't have league games but we were allowed to play friendlies. So we were allowed to have a friendly against the exact same team we were supposed to play in the league but it wasn't allowed to count to the league. And then you think, as you said, time's going to run out. So where are you going to fit those games in? Yeah, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of them things though, isn't it? It's They didn't know what to do last time. You would have thought when they told football to go ahead this season, how many clubs had to rush? They got six weeks notice. Normally, the season finishes April, May time, doesn't it? So that gives the clubs enough time to do like pre-season training, give the players a couple of weeks off, uh, get their teams out into tournaments and then get ready for the league games coming up. This year, they got what? Some clubs didn't even get six weeks. They literally got notified three, four weeks before the season starts, your season's starting. So they, they, we've, I thought they had a plan in place and I feel it's a hard decision. It is a hard decision. This, this, this virus is serious. I've just overcome it. I've just been in isolation for 10 days. I felt horrid for the first six days. And I know how serious this is. But as it stands, null and void in this season, when clubs have fought their hardest to get not only their players and, and, their, and their pitches to standard, but getting the money to back them for a season in a six-week spell that would normally give them nearly two, three months to build up and get sponsorship for, is this going to mean more clubs are going to disappear? Well, I think any season, mate, you're looking at that, more clubs disappearing for whatever reasons. I mean, you look at volunteers, for example, mate. I mean, you've seen what it's like. A lot of the volunteers at clubs now are ageing and there's no one really to um, to replace them. So there's one of your issues straight away. But when we let's talk specifically about this season now. I love football, I love refereeing, I love playing. And even I'm someone that's been running leagues and doing football for so many, so many years. And even I'm fed up now. You know, it's not enough to make me quit football it's not enough to make me say oh, I'm not playing anymore I'm not going to about referee and I'm not going to do anything but for some people who are now enjoying their time with their family seeing their kids regularly you know on set you know work Monday to Friday and they've realized actually that eight hours let's let's not beat around the bush a Saturday is a full day football you know wherever you're playing if you especially if you're uh, like me if you can mark the pitch or get the goals ready or get the change rooms ready it's whole day evolution and I think that we are definitely in a serious state where we could lose more players, we could lose more clubs, definitely. And I think that when we talk about the league ending early, I don't think there's many that are choice. I mean, you saw the backlash with the Flexi League and the Sunday League when all the other leagues above us said, yeah, because of this COVID, we're going to stop. And we are the only two that carried on. And we wanted to make it as safe as we can and continue playing while we could. But I think that with the pressure that's coming from above, and now that obviously you probably know that the FA have turned around and said um, that I think it's steps two and three that they'll they'll void the season if they have to. And what that will do now, that will have a ricochet effect all the way down because if they're voiding the seasons, no one's going to get promoted, no one's going to get relegated. And let's be honest, if there's no promotion and relegation, what is the point? Why do we play football? Yeah, we go out there to play with our mates, but no team wants to stay in the bottom division getting uh, getting beat 15 nil every week. You know, they want to they want to start seeing this even and out of teams. They want to see the relegations come down, the easier teams come down, the better teams going up to try and you know, make that a more even playing field. 
But yeah, you definitely. I mean, you look uh, at, we've got loads. Johnny Lee. Go on, go ahead. Yes, I mean, you, you touched on it earlier on about the league structures and how there's always chopping and changing. Clubs folding, for example, if you had the top um, team that in the, or a couple of teams from maybe the Prem or the Championship or Division One or whatever you want to call it, the Toronto League fold, the teams from below them had to come up and fill those gaps. So what would happen is you'd have Division Two teams playing you know, in the Prem or whatever, who weren't good enough. They didn't have the standard players. We saw that again this year. Yeah, so we were just talking about what you were saying a minute ago. Yeah, it's, it's, def- it's definitely that. Um, we've got even more comments coming through. Um, this one is to Loz. My oldest girl has took, football, took on football this year. That's great to hear, Andy. Lovely, lovely to hear that. But he's only managed six training sessions due to the pandemic. And I think, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm speaking... On behalf of Roz, she can tell me to shut up if she wants. Um, as as to be set up, they Sharon and on all all you guys there will would fight to your blue in the face to make sure that kids can still play and get involved, but in a safe manner. And I think that's a lot of people are missing missing the point there. Of it's got to return safely. Yeah, and I think most because a lot of the parents down there, as you say, are coaches are involved with the club one way or another, you know, no one wants anyone down at the club to put themselves at risk. But we do know the importance of them being there, doing the training sessions and enjoying it. You know, it's it's as important for them as it is for us. The um, social side as well, because they're not at school either, are they? So they're not really getting to do a lot. And I think that's another heartbreaking moment, that kids are, kids are growing up with tablets in front of them and laptops. Instead of yeah, I mean, going out and kicking the ball around, it is. It's really good to get them out because, especially now when they are homeschooled and everything like that. Yet yeah, you've got the likes of Joe Wicks doing sessions and things, but not every kid's going to get up at eight o'clock in the morning and jump around <laughs> with him. You know, but if you I know a lot them, of kids. I know a lot of kids that think that Joe Wicks is a bit scary. To be completely honest with you, <laughs> you no. Know, but you give them a ball and say, "Here, go and kick that around for an hour," and they will happily do it. My daughter herself, she's just gone and joined during lockdown. You know, because she wanted to get out. She wanted to do something. She wanted to be active. And not only that, it gives the parents that little bit of a break. If you let them out, let them run around for a bit. Then they'll come back the next day and they're a bit more focused. More willing to do their home learning. It makes it a bit of an easy, easier yeah. lifestyle, really, doesn't it? Especially because a lot of parents are working from home. Let, let's not forget it. Uh, the first pandemic, when we went into lockdown, well, I say the first pandemic, the first lockdown, a lot of parents weren't working from home because their workplace hadn't put it in place. Whereas this lockdown, a lot of be- a lot of businesses have put it in place. So then they've still got their workforce working. So a lot of parents are having to work a full day at home, as well as homeschool, as well as feed, do the housework, everything that you normally have to do when you're not at work, as well as looking after a child that's four, five, six, seven years old, hyperactive, just wants to jump around, is not in a school room environment, so they don't think they have to act like they're at school. So I think sport and Getting them, letting them run around with a football or doing something is super important. Super important. It is, but I mean, as I say, a lot of um, our team, especially the development team, a lot of them are parents of kids that are at home and they're doing this. And the good thing is a lot of their training is the same time as ours. So it's that breakaway for the parents as well to go out. And we go out and we run around and we let off steam. 
Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's another comment that's just been made, actually. It's something I wanted to touch on. Obviously, like I said, start of the programme, about the Unlock Your You, uh, mental health helpline. Um, and when we say mental health, we don't mean you have to be absolutely mental. A anything, anything can be classified. If you're feeling a bit sad, a bit down, no motive, but no motive about you, because obviously we've been stripped of stuff we're used to doing. We're now not doing it because we're sat at home. Anything at all, anything you struggle with, they're there to talk to you. Um, we struggle to play games in the winter without COVID due to waterlogged pitch, which is a massive thing. And this is a comment I was just talking about. There's lots of risks without football mentally. People do do football and go out and not just football, just act, just be active to help with their mental health. Would you would you say that? It's something that a lot of people rely on to escape from their real world, Dave, like to, to, to just go into a different situation and not think about work or money problems or, or things going on at home and just be able to run around the field and kick a ball and just enjoy it. Mate, what you've just said was pretty much one of my statements on the promo video for the Flexi League, you know, and I think that what some people don't understand is that you are at work every day. You know, you some people work stupid hours. Some people have problems going on in their life which uh which they're not put right by playing football but you forget about you know you just hit the nail on the head they forget about them you know i mean i'm one of the most resilient people you could ever meet but even in the last month or so it's affected me to the sense where you know i've got short fuse i'm getting annoyed over the slightest stupid little things and i'm, I'm still my norm is still here kind of i'm still going to work still going up to work obviously there's a lot of things we can't do and socializing after a game you know going to the flex league during the week is a massive thing for me and so it, it does feel like for me, and this isn't even talk, starting talking about the people that are having to stay at home and I've got those pressures on them. You know, I still get my social, a little bit of a social side with the guys I work with. And I think that it's one of these things that when you look, I'm probably going to get berated here, but when you look at the risks at the moment in our age category where we're talking about football and you think about the damage it's actually doing to people who are now stuck at home, we're not talking just about football, we're talking about work, we're talking about being able to go to the pub there's probably going to be more than more people that are affected by this in some way or another through the um, restraints and that put in place than the actual virus itself. And I think that it's, it is a huge worry, mate. I mean, again, for me, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I know people that aren't. I know a lot of yeah. people that, I mean, you know, people that are struggling, you know, even in our club, we've got people that are struggling and you're powerless because football, you I remember a couple of months ago, Jack, as you know, I'm like, if you've got problems get to football get to training forget about them because you do you step on the that football pitch and it's just got this magical way of making you forget about your problems you know and i think yeah, that it is going to cause a lot of issues yeah Ross, would, would you say like you said it's a release for parents um what we don't want to see uh, especially youngsters is youngsters not going to football anymore because they found something else they in the house, like gadgets or games or Xboxes, then, and we have a struggle as it, as it is. Roger, you've been encoded in football club for years. So have I, so has Dave. When it comes to youngsters, when they get to that age of 13, 14, it's a struggle to keep that team together and keep them players playing. Roger, do you think we might come to a situation where teams are going to start struggling again? Because kids, all kids know are the four bedroom walls and they don't really want to leave it because they feel it's like a like a safety net they don't have to go anywhere because it's their own little I don't think it's so much going to be that it's more a safety net but I do think that 
the longer it goes on, the worse it's going to be. I mean, my daughter, for example, was a massive, massive basketball player. She still is, but obviously they've had to cancel their entire season. They've just made that decision. She's yeah. not trained for God knows how long, which is one of the reasons she came along to football with me and went, well, can I do this just now? So she's now found an enjoyment somewhere else other than what was her usual. And you're going to have kids that their usual was football. And yeah, their new one will be their Xbox or it could be anything. Yeah. You are, you are going to lose them without that. They don't have the biggest attention span. And if something else is a bit shinier and a bit prettier and they can do that, they'll do it. And then trying to get them back into that routine of training and getting ready for games and things will be difficult. Yeah. It's it's one of them situations where we've kind of, we've touched on it, we've spoke about it. If you talk about it too much, it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, what we've got here is more comments. Xbox may be my side chick, but football is my main. Just wow. Really? Wow. Wow. Uh, there's enough indoor kids nowadays without this lockdown. Uh, I think the season should be null and void to safeguard next season. But Lee Mitchell, this is a conversation that me, Bart, and Ros would love to have now because this is something I wanted to cover. A lot of people are saying that should null and void to safeguard to, say, to, to safeguard next season. But what's saying this virus is not going to be here next season? And then well, we're going to be the same. We're going to have to live with this for the foreseeable um they don't reckon everyone's going to be vaccinated till august you know you're talking you're getting close to the beginning of the season then so you're still going to have it there you've you've got to learn to deal with it in a safe manner but within reason you can't just go okay well we'll all just not hug and we'll do this and we'll do that there's got to be something but it's it's the finance side, I think, is going to be the worst bit for them. I think, yeah, Premier League clubs are lucky enough they can test people every time. Um, Dave, I know you're passionate about this subject, about the null and void and stuff. For me, my personal opinion is a null and void season, again, is going to, we'll see a lot of clubs drop off the face of the planet. And I'm not just talking grassroots. I'm talking clubs in the conferences, in the non-league. I'm talking clubs in League Two. League Two and League One, they financially can't afford for this season to happen. If you nil and void this season, do, do you think the sponsors that give them money for, for last for this season are just going to say, oh, we'll give you the full amount again? At the end of the day, football is a business as much as it is a game to watch and play now. And I think grassroots and non-league, it's going to hit them hard. But if it's hitting the teams at the top of the pyramid, it's going to hit the grassroots and the non-league a hell of a lot harder. What do you... What, what do you think, David? Is that is that the case, or I think the only reason that the season should be unavoided is if there's no way that it can be completed. You know, I think that when you look at the age groups of playing football, they're not in the. Again, this isn't going with the. You know, I appreciate that it's people with underlying health issues that are mainly affected by this, but when you look at the age groups that are catching COVID they're not really going to affect football, you know, because, I mean, again, I've got another little chart here and believe it or not, the minimal group of, of people playing football is actually my age, 32 to 35. They're the ones, that are, if you've got charts of youth and that, they're down the bottom. And I think that if you are 
going to null and void the season. It's got to be just because either this anyone you touch, you're going to get the virus off, and that's it. Or it. I don't think no. I don't think you can do it, mate. I don't think that it's the right way to do it unless you physically can't get the games in. You know, like the Flexi League again. We're lucky because we obviously had to shut down last season. We continued last season, this season. So our first, as soon as we were out of lockdown again in September, we we continued last season. The other leagues aren't allowed to do that. The FA say no. Thirty first of May for you know grassroots football is your cut off. Obviously, that's the other thing people have got to remember is that. Um, Above step, I think it's like step six of them. They got to be finished by uh, by April. You know, so they. You know, we all think thirty first of May is the, the deadline. Actually, no, it's not. And the FA for the last few years, when we've had the really terrible weather, they've not allowed an extension. There is talk, obviously, going into June and that, but then there's so much that that will affect it's, that promotion, relegations, finance. Yeah. yeah, is is there a chance for me? This is something that I've thought of in my head. Um, I'll read out these comments quickly and then we'll go it. Evening, Dave. How are you doing, mate? You're right, Gaffer. Open football again. Government should pay out for at least the electronic thermometers. I'd be gutted with an null and void. We put everything into the season like lots of other clubs and we would waste a year of promotion plans, but people need to be safe, of course. We cannot keep playing hide-and-seek in short lockdowns because it will become tiresome. Start the season later in order for more people to get vaccinated. Safety of all persons is paramount. That's, to be honest, that's where I'm going with this. Um, so. A lot of other leagues, like everywhere in the world, they have an off-season, don't they? So they have, they have their main season and they have like the winter break. So like places like Germany, Russia, uh, most of Europe have it. They have like a three, four weeks break. So why couldn't we, technically speaking, do something where instead of our season starting in August and in September, make the season... I know it's... Because we're going to have to... This, this is just a major plan. Obviously, it might not work. But for me... Why not start a season in, in January and finish it in December for next season? Because then you're cutting out majority of the bad weather. We would then technically should have the pandemic and have a plan for everything. But it just means the season times will, will change. So we'll play till January till just January to December or January to October. Why, if, if they're looking for uh, different ways of doing it, wet weather and winter weather causes games to be void, to be to be not played, right? And like you said, the FA don't give you enough time to play them games at the end of the season. So why not change football forever? If we're going to have to live with this, why not change it? I think that's got to be the thing, that the change has got to come from the top to allow the extra time. Because as you say, weather, you know Asford B. You know what the wet weather does to Asford B. They have, well, we had a game (coughs) beginning of December. We were supposed to play a game and that was cancelled due to bad weather because the pitch just does become waterlogged. And I think between the changes in the weather and this, I think the change has got to come from the top that they've got to make something so that things can carry on. You'll never yeah, get a change I'm, of grassroots football, Jack. Because I know, I know, I know. It's just, it's no just gra- the no feeling money, is, you know, practicality wise. Would it not? Every other league in the world does it. They have their winter breaks. So why can't for us to be able to stop null and void in seasons? Because it's this virus isn't just going to disappear in August. Like mm. it's still going to be here. It's still going to be killing people. We will still have people blatantly breaching rules. It being passed around. We're not ever going to say that it's just going to disappear. Um, but why not 
think of something long term instead of these, like they said, these little short stop gap lockdowns. Oh, we'll stop playing, then we'll bring it back. Oh, we'll stop playing. And the fact of the matter is, I think I was looking at stats the other day, and they were saying a lot of the contagions, like when people are catching it, isn't from when they're outside doing physical exercise. It's from them being in supermarkets, in schools, in their workplaces, mixing households. Outside, I don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there isn't any contagiousness when you play sport outside, but the percentage of the actual confirmed cases of people who have caught it whilst playing a football match or a, or a cricket match or a hockey match or anything like that is so low compared to supermarkets where we're just letting people walk in and out. I'm just putting a bit of tape on the floor. Why can't it be done with football? Um, I think one of the things you can look be- at, Jack, there, sorry to interrupt you, is obviously you've put it on your Facebook that you had it last week. You would have had it last Sunday at our football game. In our last football game, you would have had it. No one got it back. Sorry, no one caught it. Everyone, exactly. you know, the majority of the team, our team then, because obviously we had the face masks, we had the sanitising, we had the social distancing stuff, you know, and that was all she bought in from the club. We, you know, I said to you guys, wear your mask and that just because this could happen. No one caught it. Everyone, you know, the majority of the team went and got a test. You know, no one yeah, got it. So it just shows, you know, it is, you know, they're, they're saying it's airborne and they're, it's on surfaces and I'm just trying to get my monitor straight. But it's kind of, there's ways to manage it. You know, there's ways to manage things yeah. like this, but it's, at the end of the day, you've got a. It's trying to weigh up the risk, isn't there? You know, if a couple yeah. of footballers are going to die, if a couple of people playing rugby are going to die, is there any point in playing football? It's, it's never. It's ne- there's no point in doing anything that risks somebody's life. That's no, that's my exactly. only thing. Um, Stephen Taylor's come in. He said, "Cancel Euro 21s." I don't understand how the Euro 21s can go ahead. I don't understand that myself. Uh, is that what we should be doing? Leaving it as long as possible before calling it null and void. They didn't do that last year, uh, but. If they null and void the season now and then they bring us out of lockdown in February, then teams are not going to have any games but friendlies. And is that more dangerous? Because teams seem to travel further for friendlies than they do for league fixtures. So you've got to think about that in in theory. Uh, what's the point if in an ended season prematurely, just to start a new one when it's over? Exactly. Flexi League did it. They've done it really well with Flexi League. It actually, For me, I looked at the results. It actually worked out really well for you, didn't it? It did, it did pay off. Yeah, so, I mean, we've only just finished at uh, Penwith. So we've got the two sites. We've only just finished phase one, sorry, phase two of last year at Penwith. But where, what we can do is we can alter the schedule of the, of the fixtures to accommodate that. So we were only going to have one phase this year, but they would still have had a whole season of playing football. Do you, do you get me? Where they had they finished off last year, this year. So they have not actually lost any football. But again, I mean, yeah. we're not governed the same as um, recreational football. Or grassroots football yeah. in the sense where you know you've got your you've got to finish your season in May. Um, we are kind of like a, flexi football is like a different entity altogether. So we yeah. can implement these changes and that. But unfortunately for the pyramid football, you know, whatever you do at the top affects the bottom. Whatever you're going to do at the bottom affects the top. And I think that's where Ros hit the nail on the head earlier on. Change before you can make change at the bottom, which is where change is needed because they don't have to worry about waterlogged pitches. You know, they've got state-of-the-art multi-million pound um, underfloor draining and heating systems in their stadiums. They don't care, you know. So that, that, it's never going to be, it's never going to affect them. Never, never, unless they have like a, I mean, obviously we've had a few in the past where um, games have been called off uh, at that level, but it's nowhere near as damaging as what it is down here. You're yeah. never going to get it down there. You'll never get the change down here at grassroots ever, unless it starts at the top and they won't do it. Too much um, money. 
I agree with that. You and Rosovic, it's bang on there. They're not going to change the bottom if they're not willing to change the top. Um, I'd rather play football in the sun, footy in the sun than the rain, so that makes sense. Uh, that's just my that's my take on it. Uh, if we're going to null and void the season, why not null and, null and void it after proposing an idea of changing the season pattern? There's no reason why our season should start in August and finish in April, May. It's just something that it got put in place years ago with football. So the Germans, the Germans have, I don't think Germany play a single game in November, December, do they? Because of how bad their winters are. Um, I know Austria and places like that, they do have like two weeks off here, two weeks off there, just because they've got, they've got really good systems. Like I'm not saying, they're not saying they're like donkey, like, like farmers leagues, but even they said bad weather, you should never make a pitch playable. If it's not playable, it's not playable. If it's not safe, don't play on it. Um, go to an MLS season, Andy, she- Andy Sheba said. No, don't like the idea of that. Good shout, don't like it. Um, we could play football and not use the changing rooms. Again, that was that was implemented. People didn't listen to it. I can understand why grassroots got picked up on it because I went to many Sunday league and Saturday league games where they got told point blank, you do not use the changing rooms. You go in, four in, four out, get changed. Nobody listened to it. And that's why they won't they won't bring that back. They won't bring it back and that that be the rule. The only way they'll bring it back is if we're allowed to use the changing rooms. All players have to get changed at home. Um, it's it's been proven. The more you stay in, the more virus spreads. I'm not being funny or anything. I work at a school with autistic kids, and I've been in. But they're testing us every Monday, and a lot of our kids are getting tested. And I think that's good for the schools. But you look at grassroots and non-league football. And even League One, League Two, they don't physically have the funding, the money or the time to be able to be doing that. And that's why the virus is, is deadly to everybody else. But when we, we're, we're here for a football show, grassroots football is being choked financially and t- t- time consumingly, really, because you've got people like Ros who plays in the team. Um, you've got Dave running leagues. You've got other managers running teams. You've got Sharon up at Asheby running the, running the whole club. There is only so much you can do in a lockdown to make sure that you have everybody for after lockdown. Because like, like Roz has said and like Dave said, it's not people so much just not wanting to do it anymore. People have been given time now to go and spend time either with their family or pick up a new hobby or even start a second business. Ros, do you think with the women's development team that you, there's a risk of people you not having the same amount of players when you go back? Or I think you always run that risk with any sort of gap. But, I mean, I don't know about any other clubs, but I do know people are going out of their way to keep all their players engaged. Each group are all doing weekly Zoom calls. And, okay, you can't always do football training, but... Like one of the kids' groups have done a Zoom fitness class, but it was the same time of week as what their training should be. Yeah. You know, in the development team, we've had Zoom calls. Okay, we've not done like the fitness class, but we've done silly things like scavenger hunts and quizzes and stuff like that just to keep the players engaged with each other, keep everyone's spirits up, make sure everyone's okay, you know, and and that's what they're doing, just to keep people interested, but also to keep people in that routine of that period of time each week is for that. Yeah. So you're not filling that time with something else because you're still putting it to one side. 
yeah, you're still you're still keeping to that routine. Dave, do you think there's going to be a bit of a difference in the flexi numbers and dropship Saturdays? Um, do you think there's going to be? Is it going to? Re- is it majorly going to affect it? Do you reckon or? No, not for us. The flexi league. I mean, the flexi league. Obviously, like I said, it's different for anyone that doesn't watch uh, or doesn't know about the flexi league. We're Flex League's now kind of trying to get people back into football. So people are dropping out Saturdays and they want to play midweek. Our league's a little bit different to all the others in around the country where we only allow players that don't play Saturdays. So you can have players that play Saturdays, but you're only allowed a certain number in each team. Um, so we are, we're seeing the guys that don't play football anyway that come along and play. We won't see a drop in numbers. I'm certain of that. The Saturday team is a bit different. I think with Saturday football, you never know... I mean, you don't know who you're going to have. As you know, you don't know who you're going to have on a Saturday until they actually turn up. They'll say they turn up and they don't. I think that the way that we're running our club, again, we're trying to run it as professionally as we can, as well as we can. And I think that with the facilities we've now got, with the way that the direction the club's going in, I like to think that, you know, the clubs and the players, so the players that have been with us will stay with us and have that loyalty. Unfortunately, you know, and there's I know there's a few of our players listening now, so I've got to be careful what we're saying. But loyalty is hard to come by at this level. And for it, me, as someone that, is. that does everything for the club, is holding the club up, you know, pretty much on my own, there's nothing more disheartening than me putting my all in and doing everything. And for that. the chairman, yeah, exactly. And that's the hardest thing. And a lot of people, until they actually step onto my side, I'm sure Roz as well, doing the bits around the club, they will just tinker off to other clubs. I mean, I used to do it. <laughs> I used to go to other clubs before I started get involved behind the scenes and realise actually how much work's involved. And I think that if you're going to maintain and keep your players, you've got to have something to keep them there. Unfortunately, I, just playing football, isn't it? All the time. Yeah, I think, I think Ros, you both would agree with me here when I say that a lot of people that play football, that play for clubs over the years, doesn't, don't actually understand how much does go on behind closed doors. I think, no chance. I think a lot of people, especially with Sharon and Jim and the committee that they've got, um, obviously, Dave, what you do, Kevin as well with, with you guys there, the guys behind the Chorney League, guys behind the Sunday League, this, that, the other. They don't, they don't ask for thank yous or pleases or anything like that. They just want people to 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 use their hard effort and and show them that it was worth them doing. So if that's taking part or just just helping towards anything, even if it's a bit of time lining the pitch. Uh, fork in a fork in a pitch with waterlogged, which I know I know Ros and Dave definitely have problems with waterlogged pitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played on both pitches uh, quite a lot, and believe me, you ain't seen waterlogged unless you've seen them too. Uh, luckily though, Ros, I did see the other day there was a company up Asheby having a look at relaying the first team pitch, the main pitch. So hopefully that means they will do the other pitches in the future. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> a break in the winter, rather than the summer. That would do the pitches a world of good and less postponements. I'm hating being away from football. You can't play football in the summer. Interference with holidays and barbecues. Right. No, I'm pretty sure that Sharon's Garden's big enough for a football match and a barbecue. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I would rather play a game of football on a Saturday afternoon in August, finish, and then go to the pub or a beer garden or to my mates for a barbecue than on a wet December's afternoon, dark at four o'clock, sat in a stingy little back pub <laughs> covered in dirt. I would rather sit in a roasting hot heat with a pint straight after a game. Do you know what I don't know about you, too, but I would prefer that. Uh, well, I like most, how... um, 
we already did speak about it at the club and a lot of people were saying if they could extend it so that we can play the games in the summer, there was a lot of happy faces. It's just more, so summer's more sociable. You don't just finish a game of football and then go home like you would do in November, December, January, where it's, it's horrible, it's dark, it's muddy. It's just not nice, is it? You don't want to be stood out in the cold laughing and joking or sat there with mud on you, whatever. Um, but then with the summer, you get off the pitch, it's nice and hot, you're going to get showered, get shorts on, get your pint of cider or beer in your hand. You're ready to go. You want to plan to do stuff because you've got so many hours of sunlight left. Whereas in the winter, you just don't. <laughs> you get off the pitch and it's pretty much going dark. By the time you've got home, it is dark. Um, I like how the fans who only watch the Prem and not the non-league laugh about small clubs getting smashed in the cups. If they tend, if they, if their tend were the non-league teams, then they would be supporting them. So to be completely honest with you, this is why I do grassroots. A lot of people said to me, why do you do it? Why are you passionate about it? Because I've been involved in grassroots clubs. I've been around grassroots clubs and non-leagues. And the amount of time and effort, free time and effort, may I add, people do 60-hour weeks working for some of these clubs, going to league committee meetings, doing paperwork, sorting out the fines, the subs, the sponsorship, the pitch getting mowed, the lines on it, new necks getting ordered, the kit getting replaced because Andy's put it on. Or, I don't know, Laura's ripped it in a challenge in the, on, on the Sunday morning. It's, it's, it's a lot of time and effort. You might just think, oh, it's just a quick phone call. But it's not. There's a lot of stuff that they do behind closed doors. So you don't have to worry about it when you put that kit on every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever you put the kit on. And the people that follow Prem Club, I'm a premiership sport. I'm a Chelsea fan. But I, I love the atmosphere that a non-league game gets. Because it's pure, I, would, I wouldn't say hatred, but it's pure disgust of each other. It doesn't matter if one team is from Liverpool and the other team's from Cambridgeshire. They've never played each other. They've never heard of each other. They get drawn, drawn against each other in the FA Vars or the FA Cup. And they hate each other. On match day, they're giving it to each other for 90 minutes. And then afterwards, they're shaking each other's hands. They're in the clubhouse having a pint with the players. Mm. And I think that's, that for me, grassroots, men's, women's, girls, boys, whatever. Is the, is the camaraderie that happens after games between both sets of teams, parents, fans. Uh, I don't know about you two, but I used to love it, finishing the game on a Saturday afternoon, going into that Asby clubhouse and having a pint with the old boy that's just been smashing you for the last 90 minutes. Like, <laughs> I, I loved it. <laughs> mm, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, Jack. I love football. Um, football is a massive part of my life. But I do not watch live games, really, unless I have to. I don't really... I mean, I've... I support Liverpool because I got a Liverpool kit when I was 10 or 9 or 10. My dad bought me a yellow one, a yellow kit. I'll never forget it. But I can't, you know, the magic's down here. You know, this is where the magic is. It's not about overinflated egos or overinflated prices. And that the magic is down here. And, you know, I mean, I've, like I said, I, I can't stand, you know, the, the top. I'll, I'll watch it if I have to. I'll watch matches on a Saturday. But down here is where the, the magic's at. And what you've just said, exactly that, you know. And I, I quite like the, I mean, we're going to get one of those VO cameras. It should be here now, actually. I mean, yeah, no, I was, I, was talking, I was talking to Kev about it and I was like, please let me use that for some yeah. things. He was like, Jack, you're gonna, you're gonna get, Yeah, but you're going to get these like Jack Mitchell free kicks and that, or most of them. But for us, the thing I want is the bloopers. You know, yeah. where you People falling over. <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that, because that's, that's the magic of it. And, you know, and I think some people kind of tend, I always hear about, oh, I'm not going to come down and play at that level. I'm not going to do this and that. But actually people forget the magic 
of grassroots and you know being at the, these bottom leagues that it can create because you know none of us you know, we could some of us could play in better teams than we are in better leagues than we are but this is you know for me it's where the magic's at is down here yeah um ross would you go ahead sorry it's the same with the development team that Asper B have got. As I say, I only went back after the first lockdown because I was fed up being stuck in the house and I missed playing football. And I was speaking to another mum who was always down there with her kids and someone said, look, come and join in. And she went one week and then she was looking for excuses to try and not go back. And then she ended up, she went back and she realised just how nice everyone was and how welcoming everyone was. And you don't need to know how to play football because it's not about that. You know, there's a lot of people that, oh, well, you've got to be awesome to play football. No, you don't. It's about going and enjoying yourself. If you want to be at that level, yeah, you can work to that level. But if you just want to go and you want to enjoy yourself, you can do that. And that's what grassroots is, especially at Asperby. They will take any level and they will help you as much as you want, but they will also appreciate your dedication as much as your talent. Yeah, it's it's one of them things that I've said, and Dave hears me say it on a Sunday, and I've said it in coaching for years, even when I was up Aspie Amateurs when I did the boys' team there from under-13s upwards. Um, all I can ask of any player that turns up, that plays for me, ever, on a Sunday, Saturday, Thursday night, six aside, Flexi League or whatever, as long as you give me 110% and you enjoy it, I can't ask you for much more. Like, it, people want to play competitively. People, people like sport, but they also need to enjoy it. And if that person is turning up, I, I am not the best footballer in the world. But the one thing I would say is I never leave a pitch with, one, not enjoying it, and two, not just giving it 110%. Because if you're, you're going to turn up and you just be like, oh, I don't like this, there's no, there's no point in you playing. Because if you turn up with an attitude of, I don't like this, I don't want to do this, then you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, my, my theory on life is, if you don't like something and you don't like it, change it. Because if you don't, you're just going to be unhappy. And it's the same with football. If you're not enjoying the club you're playing at, or if you're not enjoying the football you're playing, find a way to change it and, and make, make you enjoy it again. Because Roz and Dave will agree with me both here, and I'm sure a lot of people watching this will agree. If you don't enjoy it, there's no point in doing it. You've got to do it for the enjoyment. Exactly. We've got loads of comments coming in. Uh, Dave, I know this is aimed at you. Offer discounts to players for small businesses in your local area. Uh, just to let you know, Dave, if you, want to quickly, if you want to quickly plug your business, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Well, well, I think what that's getting at is it's one of the things we did. I'm having a problem on Pod too. One of the things we did, so we went out at the beginning of the season and we... Um, I think about 25 in the end on the little register we've got that we made these little cards, these little cards you take to all these businesses. And I think the guy that comment on there, he's actually one of them, you know, including my business. I mean, this isn't about plugging, plugging my business. So I won't even bother, but it's, it's one of these things where we went around to all these businesses and we said to them, we said, we don't want 500 pound for a kit. We don't want 600 pound for warm up tops and hoodies because I don't see any benefit to these sponsors. You know, Jack, can you tell me that you have ever gone, and you've seen a sponsor on a shirt and thought, I'm going to go do my shopping there. I'm going to go get the wife a gift here. I'm going to take... <laughs> to be honest, I'm not commenting by... on that. Yeah. I'm not commenting on that because there's a lot, of, a lot of my old club sponsors that watch these videos. So, yeah. yes, I see the massive benefit 
No, they do it. They do it because they love. They like you as a person, don't they? They do it because they want to help out a little club. uh, Have have the gear to kind of be a part, don't they? So absolutely, and that's. I mean, that's the thing. You know, sponsors aren't stupid. They know that if they're going to give you five hundred pound, it's very unlikely they're going to get it back. Very unlikely, you know. And I, as a sponsor for myself, I went out because we had quite a few people beginning the season when I went and advertised it, offering us money. Oh, can you do this? And I said, look, don't waste your money. You know, what I'd rather do is have you on this scheme where you um, just sign up for this scheme and then when my players want to, they'll bring their card to your business and you'll give them 10% off, 20% off because then you are getting money. You know, you're getting the money and, and, and you know, and then maybe if you wanted to buy a kit in two years, once you've actually made that money back, do it. You know, yeah. and it's what, I think you've just got to be in this world at the moment with sponsorship where it's very slim. It's very hard to get. You just got to be careful. For me, I mean, as a business myself, as a small business, I'd happily sponsor a club, 250, 500 quid or whatever it is. I know I'm not going to make that back. I know I'm yeah, not going to make that back. Yeah, but it's helping. But you've been in that situation where they, ha- when you've been at a club where they haven't, they haven't got the money for a kit, mm-hmm. which for me, the main thing for me, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to football teams. I've run so many Sunday leagues and I've run a, one or two a help with Saturdays. I am not a big fan of using the same kit that we used the year before. And I know that's snobby, but what we would do is we'd buy a new kit, we'd get a new kit sponsored for, and then with the old kit, we'd pass that to a different team or a school team or send it over one of them, the, the, I think it, uh, football kits for Africa schemes. So we wouldn't just get a new kit because we want a new kit. We'd do it because we knew the old kit we had, we could donate somewhere else. And somebody that couldn't afford a new kit could have possibly the chance of having a kit. Um, you support Liverpool because they won the league. Uh, somebody's put the, v- the VO systems coming next week. CR7 scoring a screamer when that bad boy set up. CR7 would have to, CM7 would have to get on the pitch to score a screamer. Uh, <laughs> the boopers would be good for an end of season to do something to have a laugh at. Um, we've spoke about everything we wanted to spoke about and a bit more. Um, so we are coming up towards an hour so towards the end of the video I always like to again mention about the Unlock Your You if you're struggling with mental health anything like that find them on Facebook they've got a phone number a text line and they've also got a chat messaging service that you can speak to if you're ever struggling with mental health it's okay to not be okay guys uh, men's mental health is a massive thing for me uh, it gets people get said they're weak they're this that, the other whether you're a female or a male if you are you are down you are depressed you are upset doesn't make you weak it doesn't make you any less of a man or a woman go and get some help because the last thing we want to do is you not get any help and you struggle in silence um ross is there anybody you want to give a special mention to from the club uh whether it's sharon or you just want to take the mick out of one of the girls for falling over the ball in the last game well obviously a massive shout out to sharon um i will be killing chloe for dropping me in the deep end and we'll just say because if you want to see a screamer or a blooper, you want to be filming my mate Tash because she seems to think that the goal is a rugby goal and it needs to go over the top somewhere. <laughs> you heard it here first. If you want to see a football, a rugby player playing football, kicking it over the post, go and watch Tash at us for the amateurs. Uh, Dave, anybody you want a special mention to? Any of the lads you want to take the mick out of? Please, please take the mick out of somebody. I probably should mention the chairman, see if he's watching. I'm a little bit unhappy with him because he left me on red earlier on, didn't he? I messaged him and he left me on red. The two blue ticks, I'm really not happy about that and he knows that. Mr. So chairman, we're not happy about that. 
yeah, and I don't like that. So uh, yeah, I'm not know, mad. I'm just disappointed. I was. It doesn't take two minutes <laughs> to reply. You know what I mean? Good, now I'm annoyed now. But no, it's really all all our guys. I know quite a few of them are watching. Um, oh, there he is. He's laughing. Uh, I know there's quite a few of them that are watching tonight, and it's just a case of I think one of the biggest points I wanted to you know rise or raise on here, mate, was just the the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are now looking at other clubs. There's going to be a lot of people coming in and saying, you know, come and join us, come and join us. But it's kind of like you know this season's been a bit crap for everyone. Don't just think it's been crap for you. So, and everyone, you know, all the football players watching this tonight stay with the team that you're with next season you know because i guarantee they're bending over backwards to try and make sure that a you stay and b at the clubs at the same place it was maybe last year or three months ago four months ago and i think that loyalty is a massive thing so i think you know the main message to my players is you know we had a big time not seeing each other before we've had now had a few months where we're not going to see each other stay interested you know, and, and come back. And I think that's the message we wanted to put from the start, wasn't it? And this isn't just to my 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 friends and my the players play for our club, is go back to your club. You know, as soon as this is over, go back and play football, not just for your club, but for yourself as well. Definitely, that's a massive message. Um, guys, don't forget, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't plug it. We are, this is a grassroots show, uh, grassroots show there. Uh, this is the Armchair Pundits. We've got a YouTube and Instagram now. So we're catching up with you youngsters. Um, we've also got our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Don't forget to comment, like, and share. Invite your friends. Uh, there's competitions and quizzes coming up soon. We've got the Gaffer's Gaff coming up next week. Um, we've also got Talk of the Tap. We've got the premiere premier, premier of Talk of the Tap Extra Time, hosted by Mr. Matt Rigby this weekend. And I also think we've got a soccer Saturday, but not on a Saturday, but I think it's going to end up on a Saturday being hosted this weekend as well. Um, there's loads of game of football coming as well. Thank you to Roz and Dave. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me this evening. This has been the Grassroots Show. I have been Jack, Mr. Grassroots. We'll be back with you next Friday. And have we got a treat? We have got Melton Town, a fish. We've got a couple of fans, a couple of the Port Pie Army. And we're looking to maybe try and get somebody officially from the club. So next Friday at 7pm, don't forget to tune in for the Grassroots Show. Everybody look after yourself and stay safe. Cheers, Jack.